Christian, God isn't disappointed in you. He knows you fully and loves you perfectly. He provided a substitute, not a goal. You're free to leave your mask at the door and come on in. Welcome to the Grace Cafe. Hello, friends. The rumors are true. The Grace Cafe podcast is back. My name is Mike Adams. And I'm Susan. And together we co-host the Grace Cafe podcast. This is a relaunch because we shut down the Grace Cafe podcast a few years ago. How many years ago was that? That was pre-COVID, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So probably 2019? Yeah, I think it was 2019. Somewhere in there. I think we had podcasted for about four years, a little over four years before we shut it down. Oh, wow. I thought it was a lot longer than that. Well, we started in 2015. Oh, okay. In March of 2015. So, yeah, it was a good run, but it was time to shut it down. But now we're back, and we're back, and we're going to be talking more about grace. We're going to be talking more about living in the freedom that we've been given in Jesus apart from religious obligation. So why don't we start by talking a little bit about why we shut it down? And why we're starting it back up. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Do you want to take the lead on that as far as why we shut it down? Yeah, because it was me that shut it down. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but since you brought it up. Well, there was two phases. One, we were doing our, our very last podcast. And we were talking about something. I think it was hell. I'm not sure. And I realized that I really had deconstructed every doctrine out of my life, except for grace. And I thought I didn't have a message for anybody. I didn't feel like I knew anything that I could talk about anymore. Well, plus there was the idea of, we were getting contacted by a lot of people. And I know that you were kind of at a point in your life where at that time, you didn't really want to be out there so much. Yeah, that was part of it too. That was, I mean, Between, I was just at a place where I didn't know what I believed anymore about anything except for grace. And I love that people contacted us. And I loved being, you know, helpful, hopefully, to some of the people. But emotionally, I was still, I was in a point of going backwards, back into my depression, back into my anxiety. And um, I needed to take care of myself. So... I think that was one of the main reasons. And then um, later on, when my friend Nora called me, it was during the pandemic to tell me that she had cancer and didn't have long to live. And we were talking about me and how I had gone backwards. And she just was so, oh my gosh, she just shared the gospel with me again, the freedom we have in Christ and how we should soar and how maybe the podcast was holding me back Mm -hmm. from moving forward, from healing more, that I was at a point where I needed to let go of of everything. And she was right. It really did help. I'm at such a different place right now, you know, stronger inside. Not that I, I don't know if I'll ever be healed completely from all the stuff we went through, but you know, I just feel like I have a whole new outlook and a whole new strength inside to deal with things. 
Well, just like you're the one that initiated shutting down the podcast, you're the one that initiated restarting it. Yeah. You did. That, I almost fell out of my chair. And at my age, you want to be careful not to fall out of chairs. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, you came to me a couple of weeks ago, I guess now, 10 days ago, and you said, hey, what would you think about starting up the Grace Cafe podcast again? And I, I just kind of stared at you and I thought, who are you and what have you done with my wife? <laughs> I just feel like I'm at such a different place now. You are. It really, you know, inside just feels so much um stronger and more confident in, in what I believe and what I don't believe and just and maybe it's because I'm older now and I mean I don't want to be cynical but I really don't care yeah if someone is judging me because this is where I'm at exactly and I think that's a healthy part of deconstructing of course deconstructing means something different for everybody I guess right for some people it's a complete abandonment of the faith and walking away and never coming back but that wasn't the case with us. You know, it was more of a decluttering. And one of the strengths of deconstructing or decluttering is that as the Holy Spirit does his thing inside us, he oftentimes brings us back around to a point where our faith is stronger, if that makes sense. Not that we're, not that we're you know, people of faith and men, yeah. or, you know, be like us. That's not what I mean. I just mean that in that healing process, you're more confident in him. You're more confident in what he's doing. You're more confident in your relationship with him. And sometimes to get there, you have to get away from all the other relationships, you know, the ones that hurt you, yeah. not, all, not all relationships, but the ones that were harmful. And so deconstructing and even coming to a place where all of your theology is on the table and it's all fair game can be a really good thing. That's why when someone comes to me and says, hey, I feel like I'm really deconstructing my faith, I'll tell them, keep going. See where this takes you. You know, that can be a good thing. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, Sarah Bessie. She wrote uh, Jesus Feminist, and she she has a ministry now called Evolving Faith because she didn't like the word deconstruction. She thought it was more of a positive thing, like what you just said, keep going and see where we're going. It, it is. Your faith evolves. But in a sense, though, I had to get rid of everything first. Right. And now, you know, it's just, it's so different to be open to other ideas, to read other books, to listen to other people, you know, on their podcast, and figure out what I believe. Because for so many years, well, my whole life, it was, I was told what to believe by the guy up front. And that's just not happening anymore. Yeah, that's good. That's a very good thing. But it's true. When we're in religious groups, when we're in church, we're not taught to think critically at all. No. We're, we're taught what to think, not how to think. Exactly. We're taught to conform. And even in the environment that we were in prior, you know, we, we kind of boasted and we're proud of ourselves. We would say, well, we'll talk about anything. But not really. No. You can talk about anything, but if you disagree at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, you're going to get a visit. Yeah. So it wasn't really that way, but it is now. I mean, everything's fair game now, and we have really good conversations. We just don't record them. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll get back to recording some of those here on the uh, Grace Cafe, the newly relaunched Grace Cafe podcast. I think it really helps if you have people around you who allow you or allow me to express the things that I'm thinking 
maybe the direction I'm testing, and they're okay with it. Like I'm meeting with a really good friend once a week, and right now we're starting to read Hebrews together, which is huge for me, as I've not read the Bible in I don't know how long because it's too triggering. But it's like she's not afraid when I say something that, well, what do you think about this, you know? And I just feel like the Holy Spirit just always brings me back in, you know, like pulls the reins in. (laughs) Easy there, Susan, easy. (laughs) But it's coming from the Spirit. It's not someone saying, you know, hitting me over the head and saying, no, you can't have that thought. Right. You know, I can't, like sometimes I can't get away with posting something without having someone message me that you're not allowed to have that thought. And I am allowed to have that thought. That's exactly right. Because I have the Holy Spirit. Yep. And he's doing something unique in your life and in my life that he's probably not doing in anyone else's life. I mean, he's that unique. We're individuals and we're not conforming to, you know, a sameness. Uh, That is, it isn't about sameness. We get to remain individuals. We get to remain who we are in Jesus. But he does different things in our lives, and that's a good thing. I mean, to be able to watch you over the last few years from when we shut down the podcast until now has been amazing because you've expressed things and you've worked through things and you've questioned things, and those questions are healthy, and those times are healthy. And so it's important that you're just allowed to do that because that's part of life. That's part of, this is something we should be afraid to do. That's something we should embrace because at the end of the day, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to do in you and in me what he's going to do on his time, in his time. Isn't that a song? In, in his, time? his time? Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do in our lives when he's going to do it, and how he's going to do it. And to try and control each other is quenching this spirit. Oh, it is. Big time. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. And we're pretty good at that as a, you know, as a, as a church, as a, as a human race, we're really good at that, especially those involved in religion, you know, like have a master's degree in quenching the spirit because we're afraid of where that might take us. We might talk the talk. We might say, oh yeah, we'll talk about anything in scripture. But no, at the end of the day, we're going to talk about things that are inside of our box and don't go outside the the uh, border of our box. If you do, you're, you'll be marked and, you know, you'll be a troublemaker and you'll be fringe and all these terms that get used to discredit us and, you know, to be able to minimize what we're what we're talking about and just kind of dismiss us. I think, too, even physically, our brains they become closed off to new thoughts. And when you start having new thoughts, I feel like I I listened to a podcast once and it was talking about the brain. And when you allow new ideas and new thoughts, it's like your brain lights up and things start happening in your brain. And I feel like that's what happened to me is that my brain was so closed off with those four walls that you were talking about, that box. My brain didn't, wasn't functioning, you know? There was no exploration. There was no curiosity about life. And, and I think we're, we're created to be curious. But you take that away. Exactly. I think that's where we've misdefined what a, misdefined, not mystified, misdefined what a cult is. Yes. I remember back in the, uh, 
early 70s, and I know this book came out probably in the 60s, but in the early 70s, when I became a believer and you became a believer, Walter Martin's book, Kingdom mm-hmm. of the Cults, was really popular. And I remember I, I devoured that thing. I read that thing. I taught through that thing, some of it, because, you know, I have a Mormon background. So I was really interested in, in cults. And one of the things, one of the ways that a cult was defined and that still is defined in most religious groups is based on their teaching. What do they teach? What you teach defines whether or not you're a cult. But when you, when you look at definitions outside of the religious organizations about what a cult is, it isn't about teaching. It's about personality. It's about someone's ability to control you. It's about, I mean, think of the phrase like, you know, Joe Blow over here has a cult following. Why does he have a cult following? Well, it's not necessarily because of what he's teaching. What he's teaching may be way out there, or it may be a little closer to the truth, so much so that it's deceptive. But when you gain a cult following, it's based on uh, someone's charisma, someone's personality. That's why we get so duped sometimes in our religious organizations and in our churches with following someone who may be an abuser, who may be going down this really bad road of control and of different types of abuse, but we'll follow them and we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And even when they do something wrong, we, in our thinking and in our conversations, put a spin on it to the point where the person who's doing the abusing becomes the victim. Right. That's a cult following. That is a cult. When you can't see through that, it's a cult and it, it's controlling. It controls every aspect of you and you're not allowed to be disloyal to it or to that person or to that group or whatever it is. So I think we've misdefined what a cult is and we need to rethink that because I don't think it's based on teaching. I mean, if someone's teaching something weird, that's false teaching. Someone can be a false teacher and not be a cult. But a cult has more to do with, again, charisma and people following this person who is charismatic and can really draw them in with flattery and with deception and make them feel like they're part of some special family that no one else is a part of. It's a us and them. Yeah, it is. And when that happens, you know, it's you're sucked into this thing and it's almost impossible to get out without some kind of help. And if you do leave, you're really labeled as the enemy. Yes. What you're doing is of the devil. You know, you're following the devil. You're following Satan. You're like, what? Because again, it's a cult and there's a cult following and the leader or leaders inside this system can't lose control and they will spin things. I've seen this person. I've seen it right up front. I've seen it. I don't mean up front in in a, in a church setting, although I have seen that. I mean, I've seen it behind closed doors with other leaders that I used to work with that would immediately put a spin on something that just happened in order to paint themselves as the victim. And then that justified them. What's the word I'm looking for? It justified them kind of treating as an outcast or doing some kind of character assassination on those who question them. And the people who question them become the perpetrator, even though that's not the case. And you see that so often in churches now. Yeah. You know, especially with sexual abuse and, and physical abuse and, 
the spiritual abuse that goes on behind closed doors that's all over the place. But the thing is, is that the majority, I think the majority of people who are in the institutional church are there on Sundays, and then they leave and go home or go out to lunch, and then they're back next Sunday. But you get anyone who's at all involved and becomes more and more prominent and more and more behind the scenes, that's where the abuse really starts happening. Except for, I I have to say that I think a lot of messages are full of abuse because they're they're causing people to think that God's disappointed in them, Mm. that, that you're not doing enough, you're not giving enough, or you know, you're a sluggard or whatever because you're not working at the church, that's abuse. It is. Because then people walk around with guilt and shame that they're not ever going to be enough because they don't have time to do what is expected of them. And that's spiritual abuse. It is. And then you tie that in with the fact that we hold pastors in such high esteem just as a general rule. We think that They've got some kind of special foo-foo dust sprinkled on them that gives them some kind of special authority or special insight that no one else in the body of Christ has and that they know what's best for you. Then we cross over that line of, of a cult again mm-hmm. because no one knows what's best for you except you. Right. And even you and even me sometimes don't know what's best for us, but it's at those times that, that the Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is the one leading us, not somebody up front. I mean, we can get input from people, and input from you know good friends can be a, an invaluable thing. Yeah, that's a that's key though. Good friends who are walking this life with us, right? Who understand our situation. There are people in our lives that I would totally go to. Oh yeah, for help. Yeah, I would not go to a pastor ever again. No, no, that's true. I just I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, because he doesn't have my best interests at heart. He has his. Oh, yeah. Good way to put that. He has his and he has the institutions. Right. Because the institution has to survive. Right. Because there's bills to pay. So, you know, kind of comes back full circle. And just let me insert here that we do have a dear, sweet friend who is a pastor that I would totally go to. Yes. But he's in another state. So, yeah. But I would call him in a heartbeat. There are some really good guys out there. there there's got to be more than just one. Well, there are. I mean, I listen to some podcasts and they're pastors. There are some good guys out there, but I think the majority are not. Yeah, I think the system lends itself to not be to, the system lends itself to being the system, if I could put it that way. You know, it's just, that's the way it's designed. That's the way it's built. Well, we we met some young people the other night. We went to their apartment. There was about 15 of them, I think. And just I met with a couple of the girls and hearing their story, it is still prominent that if you have the message of grace, you are labeled. I'm, I, I would really like to inter- interview these girls. Eventually. Yeah, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. They're awesome. Didn't hear their stories. But it's, it's, I mean, we're so removed from it for so long, I forget how afraid the church is of the grace message of the gospel. And we just saw something recently Julie Roy's on the Roy's report on Instagram said something about this big mega church pastor who's very prominent in America talking about this freedom of grace thing being from Satan. Yeah. Gosh. You know, 
I mean, that's pretty big to say that. Yes, it is. And <laughs> go ahead. I just forgot that it that grace is so scary to people. It is. And I'm really glad that so many things are surfacing as hard as, as hard as it is to listen to it and to read it. Yeah. I'm really glad that things are surfacing. And social media, you know, is is instrumental in that. You mentioned the Roy's report. I love that podcast. Oh, it's really you know, it's R O Y S, Roy's report. If you're if you're not subscribed, you might want to take a look at it. But you know, it's full of research and uh things that are done in the Christian community uh that are brought to light. And you know, there was that documentary last month or whatever that whenever it was about shiny the shiny people. what it was it called? Shiny happy shiny happy people. Yeah. I mean, that was an eye-opener. You know, you look at this, there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. that needs to be brought out, that needs to be exposed, because there are people being hurt by this. Yes, that's why. That's why it needs to be exposed, not so that we can say, see, I told you so. It's because there are so many people being hurt. Yeah. And they think it's normal to be hurt. Yeah. They think this is just part of the normal Christian life, because Pastor so-and-so has a special anointing. No, he doesn't. You know, we all have an anointing from the Holy One, and none of us, according to the New Covenant Scriptures, has a need for anyone to teach us. Now, there's teachers in the body of Christ we can benefit from. I I think of several, um, you know, the podcasts we listen to. I mean, there's some really good teachers out there. Oh, yeah, the Grace Guys. Yeah, the Grace Guys. You know, at at the uh, Growing in Grace podcast, I think of, if I can drop some names here, I think of Brad Robertson. Oh, yeah, the Hebrews guy. Oh, the Hebrews, Galatians. I mean, you know, excellent teaching. This really good stuff. But on the flip side of that, sometimes what we hear taught is, like you just said, it's anti-grace. It's fear. It's afraid of being, it's afraid of grace because we think rules and law controls us. And so we're after behavior modification instead of growing in grace. (laughs) It's such a different way to live. It can be scary at times. So I just was thinking about that, and I, I pictured us all living in a in a farmyard, and we all had the corral around us, and there were safety there, keeping us from what we thought was all the danger in the world. But when you start throwing, when you start deconstructing and getting rid of a lot of your doctrine and stuff, and you go outside of that corral, and you begin grazing and you begin testing out things, sometimes it gets scary. Because you don't have that law and that that teaching that you were taught all along anymore. And you don't know what to believe in certain areas. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, it's scary sometimes when you when you start losing footing, you know. Because we view those rules and those laws that we had as like a security blanket. They're like what kept us in check. Yes, that's right. You know? But the Holy Spirit isn't necessarily about keeping us in check. Yeah. He's going to grow us. He isn't stagnant. There's never a time when he's not doing something in our lives. It can feel that way sometimes. But looking back on it, you know, later on, you can see what he was doing sometimes. I really do think that our journey is more about navigating life. It's a way of living our lives. It's not a set of rules. It's not all of this structure. Because, I mean, you think about the structures that we have in America are not what people have in India or Africa or South America. 
we're all different. So to say that Christianity looks like this, it's leaving out most of the world. Mm. I mean, just because we're in America, that's that's just not, I don't know, it's more of a living your life where everyone can do it wherever you live, navigating with love, navigating with peace. Yes. Grace is multicultural. Yeah. If it's not, it's not grace. Yeah, it you know? isn't about, well, you need to teach these people to be on time. Yeah. <laughs> How many times <laughs> do we hear that? You're five minutes late. You need to, you need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, different cultures, you know, five yeah. minutes isn't. Exactly. An hour isn't even. <laughs> That's right. It's like dinner's at six that we used to do. And then we'd get a phone call. What, what time is dinner at six? Dinner's at six. Think, well, it's right around six. So, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, some of the things that we that we get involved with and are so trivial. Yeah. And the body of Christ is made up of every nation, every tribe, every language. And men and women. Yes. There you go. That's right. That's not silence half the body of Christ yeah. by taking verses out of context. We should uh, return to that topic in one of our oh, definitely. episodes here pretty soon. Yeah. Now that we're back at the Grace Cafe. Yeah. So this is this has been a good conversation. Should we wrap it up here? Yeah, I think so because you know we can talk some more later. Yes, we can. So just as a piece of information, the Un Sunday Show isn't going anywhere. It's going to still be there. We're just launching this in addition to that. And we talked, you and I talked about dropping an episode here every two weeks mm-hmm. to start with, just to kind of move back into it slowly so we don't get overwhelmed with it. And if we pick it up more than that, we'll do that. But every two weeks as a uh, kind of a standard thing, maybe drop it midweek since our weekends tend to be kind of full. And right now you have, you've developed the uh, cousin camp on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. So Tuesdays are a really good day for me to edit podcasts. So we might drop these on Wednesday mornings. We'll see. Yeah. It's a different stage of life. And. I don't know. I'm looking forward to this. And Yeah, the cousin camp is all of our grandchildren coming over and spending the day with us. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's a lot of energy. It's chaotic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's chaos, <laughs> and it's noisy, and they have a blast. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back into this podcast, and I am looking forward to hearing from people. Yes. I really am. And if people have questions or or anything. I don't mind them reaching out. Yeah. Right now, our our website's pretty basic. It's going to be pretty basic probably for another month or so. Um, But we'll eventually get one out there that's got a good contact form on it so that you can write us. And uh, we'll go that route with it. But right now, it's pretty basic just to get this thing started and get get it relaunched again. So we are online and our web address is uh, Grace cafepodcast.com gracecafepodcast.com you can go there to listen to all the episodes right now there's only one <laughs> but you got to start somewhere we might we might eventually start dropping one or two of the old ones yes that meant a lot to to us yeah good point so yeah gracecafepodcast.com and it's a pretty basic website right now but uh, we'll get some tools on there to allow you to contact us as time moves on. We also need to get Joe back in here to do the outro for us because 
the old outro I noticed has the old web address on oh, it, yeah. which doesn't exist anymore. Yep. So, Joe, if you're listening, give me a call, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I need your voice. <laughs> um, I guess we'll let you go. And uh, thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode of the relaunch of the Grace Cafe podcast. And we're looking forward to uh, spending more time together with you and seeing where God takes us. So until next time, y'all take care. Bye. Bye.